This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Beats all day, beats all day, beats all day. Joey Spencer, not lead the way. <laughs> it's the Bad Christian Podcast, and we're going to do it right today. We're going to make you serve Jesus for the rest of your life. Okay, no. All right. Hey, Matt, are you. Hallelujah. Um, Hallelujah. Matt, are you just as sensitive about Toby starting off with a very sarcastic that could be taken seriously Christian thing as you are about the F word? No, like, it wasn't that sarcastic. He's not being sarcastic, Joey. Toby oh, means oh, everything he says. Yeah, and I sarcasm say, I say is one weapon 100%. Toby doesn't possess. He's direct. I've never, I've never known sarcasm. I only know truth, my friend. It's a double edged hey, sword. If you're not in the BC Club, by the way, you missed out on an episode of me and Matt dissecting Toby's personality for a good 25 minutes. I actually, <laughs> I actually told uh, my wife, I was like, "You need to listen to that episode. I think it'd be very insightful." <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really funny. Super happy about that episode. Did you listen to it, Toby? Hell no. We spoke very highly of you. It was actually a very positive episode on you. It, just talking about how my back hurts my feelings, no, even if it's positive. See, see, there's a I have a I have a whole thing on that that I that I've been thinking about and trying to implement for years. I mean, I think it would be reasonable for you to listen to it. Although I did know you'd be listening to it, so maybe that filters in a little bit. But I have this right. notion that I call butt that I call butt dial therapy. That I've always known. <laughs> I already know what you're doing. I've always known this was a good idea, and and. And I'm sure that it is, but I haven't figured out exactly how to implement it yet. But I think, it, you know, I think it's possible. And the idea is that right. uh, one time our old bass player, Joel, called his butt dialed his girlfriend on accident and left a, le- left a, like a 30 minute message <laughs> where he was talking to us about a girl that he liked that was not his girlfriend. Now, yeah, that was pretty it, bad. It, it was pretty rough, of course. But he told the truth and the truth was conveyed from one party to another in a way that could never happen face to face. See what I'm saying? Like if I went to tell Toby yeah. about his personality and his flaws, for instance, uh, it would no, there's no way to actually have that conversation face to face with him without him being defensive or what you know those personal emotional face to face dynamics and defensiveness and care all those things are very very strong and they derail like you ever think you're going to go have a conversation with somebody about a thing and it just gets derailed quickly but if Toby accidentally overheard me and you talking about him and his flaws but we were being caring and loving and we didn't know that he was listening but we were being genuine, and you could, like, let's say you could hear your wife talking to a girlfriend, not in a gossipy or bad way, but if you heard your wife genuinely talking to somebody else about the problems she had with her husband, but how much she loved him, but this is really the way it feels, and this is what it is, that's a point of view you can never get face-to-face. So it's almost yeah. like if you could give somebody permission to record them when they're not, don't know you're recording them, and then play it for the person that they're talking about, technically that would be behind their back, but it could be a really effective way of communicating. And I would call it butt dial therapy. It's like if you accidentally, next time I get in a conversation about, let's say, uh, Reva. We're having problems with Reva at work, right? And I'm talking to you about it, but you don't know it. I don't know it, but you record me and then let, you know, three-way call Reva in and she gets to hear, hear it. So she would then hear the unfiltered, real truth, unloaded, not emotional, not defensive. And it might hurt, but it would be true. 
Yeah, that, well, here's, that here, would be here's, something. Here's the big. Here's the big thing that just won't work with that though. What the big outcome there is? Revo just won't like you. Right. That's true. That, that, that's the big win there. Like it just won't. Like if if you when you say something about somebody, not to them, because the, maybe there's a reason why somebody should be able to allow uh, or allowed to defend themselves because maybe what you're thinking isn't right, right. too. That's but but, you, thing, but so. you get on both sides. I'm just saying that's a point of view that we get our emotional brains derail when you go face-to-face. Like, I have these calm right. thoughts. I'd like to share them with another person. Well, that's not going to happen. You can't really do that in real life on emotional, difficult things. So there, if, if we'd have a buffer in, in between, which butt dial could accidentally be that from time to time, of course. But I think there may be a moderated version of therapy. Let's just say you both go into the therapist and she talks first, and then you have to listen to that tape of your wife talking to the therapist. It, would be ther- it could be really yeah. helpful. It's really funny, though, the, the immediate feeling you have when you find out that somebody heard something that you said about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a like feeling. a terrible feeling. Oh, shit. No, they heard that. You t- who told them that? Uh-huh. That makes you just feel so scared, nervous, and uncomfortable. Because because there is here's the problem: you can't separate it from when the person's not there from almost gossip. It might not be gossip, right. but in, in the in that person's mind, you're just talking shit about them. They don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's right. no like if if like with Reva, if Reva wasn't there and us three were talking about, well, she's really bad at this, this, and this. I think she would. Almost could only start with hurt, right? Can't you only start? Yeah, with but hurt but that, that but that might be proportional to the truth of it. I'm saying if I overheard you and Joey talking about me, and you weren't making fun of me, but you were just saying, "Here's some genuine concerns I have." Matt's this way; he interrupts too much. He thinks he's blah 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 blah. But you were just trying right. to problem solve it together, and I heard that it would hurt me is exactly the amount that it's true, and you really feel that way. It's not, it wouldn't be, do you know what I'm saying? It would be true, and I'd have to face that, or I'd have to make up some excuse why y'all are stupid or wrong. But I would know know y'all were being truthful. What's interesting is the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind kind of beats you to it because that's, that is what uh, Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey end up doing is they hear pre-recorded stuff yes. that they said yes. before their minds were erased, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And they want to be together afterwards Yeah, still. yeah, That's pretty cool. Man, what a hell of a movie. Oh, I uh, love that movie. Well, well, speaking of people, I am doing another True Man Experience Texas edition. And nice. uh, I'm going to be in there. Uh, I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to be in San Antonio. Right now, it's two dates in Dallas and then a day in Houston. And it's right mm-hmm. before the Emory Tour. So, uh, yeah, please come out to that. I think it's September 7th through the 9th, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you can email me at tobybadchristian at gmail for more information. It's, it's for men only. Sorry, ladies. Uh, maybe there'll be a true woman experience one day. But I don't know about that. But, yeah, basically, we talk about <laughs> masculinity and figuring out our uh, manliness in this day and age and culture and what is manliness. And we go all over the place talking about church a little bit, uh, but it's not really a... I've been trying, kind of wrestling back and forth with that. I don't want it to be overly Christian because I want anybody to be welcome and not be like, oh, great. Oh, is this a bait and switch? We're not sharing the gospel. But a lot of the dudes that come have been either burnt by church or feel disengaged from the church. And uh, so we talk about that, but that applies all the way across to work and culture and life and everything. So tobybadchristian at gmail.com for the next True Man Experience event. I just wanted to mention that because we were talking about uh, telling stuff to people. That's what's cool about the True Man Experience is you get to hear some really heavy stuff. 
it isn't cool. I guess I guess that's not cool. But it's nice that we that you can get into a situation and uh, around a bunch of guys and and that quickly feel safe and to be able to say some crazy things. I, like Joey, you just mentioned like you just got back from a counseling session. I, yeah. I guess I'm seeing more and more like even with the butt dial thing. I guess more and more freedom comes from just saying the truth mm-hmm. like that, yeah. that's so biblical it's like the most christian thing in the world but actually saying what is real even what what you're feeling even if it's wrong or you've been holding inside or whatever like they re- that really is the truth will set you free it's just the craziest most true statement ever almost the like, real really truth does. the real truth yeah. the problem right. is well, think think about this think about our society like obviously not everybody goes to the doctor but a high percentage of people do go up for check go for checkups and physicals imagine if the same number of people went for psychological checkups by just sitting with a shrink like and that was just something that was built into their oh you ha- you haven't been to the psychologist in three years oh my gosh right. and that was a part mm-hmm. of how we did things this would be a way more mentally healthy culture yeah well it's I think there's going to be I mean you know me I just think tech is probably the future of almost all pro- problems that you're going to solve but I think it's freaky that Facebook has a whole department and all this language and all these. AI th- components that are able to identify people like that might be suicidal, for instance, and that's we're going to talk. Oh, about, really? Yeah, I'm not. That's not in this episode we're going to do here today. But just on yeah. a side note, they uh, they're able to identify pretty quickly by certain words and phrases and frequency of posts and post types and stuff like that. People who might be at risk and they get contacted qu- quickly, like a person will yeah. reach out and assess a mental. Um, problem or make sure it's not danger but that's only even extreme because they you know they, they keep having and that's market driven they keep having these problems where people do live murders or cr- commit crimes or kill, kill themselves on facebook stuff like that um but so they have some responsibility there but if you th- thought of it the flip side if you have enough data and enough human behavior monitored by machines and machine learning and stuff like that it will be much more effective than a human sitting with you for a couple hours asking you questions if all right. you know, a, a machine will be better at diagnosing, m- you know, mental illness very soon. It, w- it won't be long, and just just by right. the your behavior on Instagram and Facebook, you know, you could you could find out what's going on with people. It's pretty pretty scary, yeah. or uh, not scary really. It's just like you just it the machines <laughs> know if you're healthy or not. Just diagnosis tools at least. So that's not treatment, of yep. course, but it's still a good tool. Still a good possibility. But do the machines even want you to be healthy? They want to just take over and destroy. Well, your the life machines at this point, the, at this point, the machines don't want anything, and it may, they may never specifically want anything. They, but, uh, Matt, know. they're smart enough to not let you know that they want to murder. <laughs> That's it. Everybody I finally that. saw that movie X Machina. Oh Is that yeah, what, yeah, 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 yeah. X Machina. So some people pr- so pronounce. Ma- I don't know Ma- why or what. You know what's crazy though? Here's what's. Uh, I know we got to get to the interview here, but I just listened to man. If y'all listen to Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist some uh, of them, history, yeah. man, I just listened to the one. So we have a Toyota, and Jess's mom. We have a Toyota oh, that Sienna one's van. Good, yeah. yeah, and Jess's mom's always said, "You get rid of that Toyota. They, the uh, gas pedal gets stuck, and you can't, and you will die." There's audio of people dying, and all this. It's horrible. You know, I was like, "No, nah, I just don't think." I, don't, I never really believed. I was like, "It just doesn't make total sense." Mm-hmm. Now, there's been times where the gas pedal's been stuck or whatever but anyway just a long story short it just goes to show you like human error is the biggest problem mm-hmm. it's almost always a human component that causes issues Plane with crash or uh, whatever, technology yeah. and stuff right. so with that being said like if you go i won't give away the story it's really interesting but uh if that's the case, at some point machines will figure that out well the only time there are bad things that happen are right. human caused 
yeah. then that's it. That's it. It's over. I had a, I had an elaborate idea I was going to bust y'all with. I, I you know I always say that uh, they're going to create sex bots first, and there's going to be sex bots over, and everybody's like, "More, I would never sleep with a sex bot." I, you know, I love my wife or my <laughs> husband too much. You know, and then I had this killer idea. I was like, "Oh wait, they'll just you just make a sex bot that looks exactly like your spouse." So, oh, if you're so horny, they won't get jealous, right? So, so if you if you're horny, you go sleep with your robot husband that looks exactly now, like your <laughs> husband. Every every detail is the same or whatever, right? But then I immediately started going, well, at some point, the robot husband will lay it down even better than you, obviously. It'll be more, so your wife might start choosing the robot husband more and more. until, Or it's going to get real dark because eventually you go, oh, why don't I just kill the real one? And just Nobody's going to know the difference. The robot one can do everything, and so the real one's gone. And well, here, here's married, what's interesting about robot. that, too, it, is scary. if a guy gets a robot doll, I think the initial effects will be the guy being able to be way more warm, fuzzy, and friendly <laughs> with his real wife because he feels like I've been connecting with you sexually, God, and she in did. turn she's going to be happier because she's like he's just so touchy feely. He talks to me about my emotions. I right. mean, this is just wonderful. I cannot <laughs> believe how many, at least <laughs> semi-intellectual topics that we discuss on this podcast spiral down the drain and end up here every time <laughs> men are like this sex we have bots. sex with each other and robots that's where we end as we we start somewhere and we spiral down the drain until we're talking about how men and women and our wives are in sex with robots happens every time you know i i have thought <laughs> all right right have, now if you could have if you could have a sex robot that looks exactly like your wife and it's just for sex she doesn't even talk but it, it she can move and do everything you think it's your wife <laughs> And you can have it for $999. Matt, would you do it? Sounds like a, a pretty and, good deal. And Bridget, Bridget uh, just, said, yeah, do it. That's fine. Totally fine. Joey, would you? If Is it well, morally you, wrong to have a sex robot? That's that what I was going to say. I would have probably some issues there. Yeah, I'd have yes, to figure out the moral issues. issues. Of course there's issues. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't have to pursue your wife and stuff. You might not be as sweet. You might be like, well, yeah, see ya. Uh, you know, oh, I, oh, you have a headache? <laughs> not tonight. Sex robot. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought a lot about, because um, I think at the time, you guys thought that I was really trying to push back on Toby, but I was, I was actually talking about one f- facet of the conversation, but we were sitting down with the two girls from Free Sex, and I really do think that so many marital problems come from the fact that if a guy feels like he needs more sex, or let's just even say a guy feels very harmed or un, uncared for for like being in a sexless marriage, he's seen as a horrible person because somebody would say, well, yeah, well, what are you giving your wife? And if his answer is, well, what is she giving me? He's the bad guy because... He want his desire is sex, and that's so shallow and animalistic. And but but the female, she just wants to you know connect mm-hmm. deeper and more emotional and more connectivity. And that's a huge problem because people need to realize that a lot of men they do feel more connected through sexual. You're, you're just vagina. leveling the playing field of that's simply one versus the other partner's desires, and, and on a level playing field of. The importance of desires. Who's yeah, just, all I mean, I'm saying they're, they're, is they're, they're, all, all I'm saying is we should get closer to mm-hmm. them being equally important. But the part that I could never get over one is, desi- one type of desire, even though it's biological and strong and not even wrong, is dismiss is e- more easily dismissed as an illegitimate yes. desire. 
Yes. But I do feel that it is a very vulnerable thing for any woman to open her legs to someone <laughs> that she doesn't feel that she doesn't feel emotionally connected with. So I think that's the part where it's just like, oh, that that one's uh, that one's tricky. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, we're going to be joined by Matt McDonald and Levi the poet. Matt McDonald uh, put a post up on Facebook a little while back talking about the suicide of Chester Bennington, and he got a lot of heat from it. He said something along the lines of it was a cowardly thing and that the Internet let him know that they didn't appreciate that. Uh, Levi the Poet also has strong feelings about suicide in that he's somebody we've had on the show before, Noel was at Audio Feed. A lot of you guys know who he is, performer, but he has mental illness in his family, and his father committed suicide. Uh, so I thought it'd be, I, we were, well, it was Joey's idea to talk to Levi, and I said, well, why don't we just, why don't I talk to Matt McDonald too? So it's just, so it's just me and those two guys, and uh, we had a really good conversation about it, and we'll share the rest of that conversation. All right, so are we going to talk about a you know, the hard topic today, the sad topic today, we're talking about suicide because it seems to kind of be unavoidable. And specifically, Levi the Poet, you've been on the show before and talked a little about your backstory and stuff like that. But sure. Um, and I'll let you tell it, but if people don't know, your dad killed himself. Is that, that's right? Correct. Okay. And we'll get yeah. into that. Uh, and Matt McDonald, the reason I thought it'd be interesting to add you to the conversation here is because when Chester Bennington killed himself a little while back, uh, everybody reacts to everything these days on social media, and you put a post up about it that seemed to really, really, really aggravate people, and we'll get into that too, but it was something along the lines of you found it to be a, a selfish thing. And I'll just represent my point of view real quickly on this matter, which is I have no strong feelings about suicide. Like, uh, people know me as a logical type person. And I, I, I don't have really strong feelings about suicide at all. It's a quite confusing topic to me. There's a lot of logical inconsistencies in almost everybody else's point of view. And it's a really, really interesting topic. So I don't really know what y'all want to talk about or how it'll all go, but I thought you'd be two interesting people to hear just to see what comes out if we all talked about it for those for those reasons. Sure. That's cool. Um <sighs> Matt, tell us what. Just let's just start with Matt's point of view on on your post and how that felt and what happened before. Can I can I just preface this? Of course you can. By, can I just preface this by saying that I am in no way an expert mm-hmm. in uh, suicide. I don't know anything. I'm not a mental health expert. I am not someone who is even qualified in any way to speak personally on the uh-huh. topic. And uh, I don't even struggle with depression on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So, um, so like my, I'm I'm assuming the reason I'm here is because I'm like everybody else, a keyboard warrior who who reacts emotionally and then tweets something. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that I tweeted something that was offensive to a lot of people, which I didn't mean for it to be. But I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess everybody reacts to, to certain news differently, and I generally react with anger. It's not always the best, but um, you know, I read a thing. Um, Brian Head Welch from Corn. He wrote something pretty angry too. Um, yeah, and I that. and I related to that. Um, but I'm sure, like, you know, after reading a lot of people's comments and 
stuff. You know, my opinion is 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 definitely loose on the topic. I don't have a stance sure. necessarily. Sure. So and, and you're um, not under attack whatsoever. I don't. I don't think that. No. Uh, or not, at least not on this call at all. But I just wanted to see because I was. I was. Really, I'm not mad at you, Matt. Yeah, Levi's not mad at you. It's not, <laughs> Good. This is not. Well, this I, is not confrontational or anything like that. But. Right. I, I I don't have a strong stance, but what I do have is a is a what I what I would like to try to have is a deep care for people and life and um, seeing suicide rates as they are I think having a conversation about it even even if I'm I'm just here to learn is valuable for me mm-hmm. specifically and then the podcast format I mean the only reason I would say okay to something like <laughs> this topic <laughs> is so that uh, I can learn and then maybe by me learning right. or um, arguing a point I mean sometimes I put on an argument like armor and take it off the battle and someone wounds me severely and I go oh that's a crap argument I'm going to take that off and not use that again. And that's kind of how I figure out life. And I think other people can watch me stumble and fall and then learn vicariously. So that's kind of why I, you know, I do have an opinion, but I don't know if it's a helpful one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm willing to share it and it's not even that articulate, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my preface. Sure. Like I don't, sure. you know, please disagree with me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no problem. Well, I think I mean I think it makes sense to have an an emotional response regardless of what I mean that the emotional response goes both ways. Like I was try I I first of all I didn't know that you had posted anything about this, so I was texting Joey before everything started. He's like, oh yeah, actually, you know, Matt blew up the internet, so you're gonna talk to Matt today. I was like, oh okay, all right, that's fine. But (laughs) I was like, okay, well, what would I say? You know, I I don't know, just think. But I've I've had my fair share of conversations with people that are, I mean, like Matt said, maybe there is that maybe not everything is summed up very logically in this conversation anyway. But my arguments and my rationale, like all reason and logic, goes completely out yeah. the window. And then in my mind, I'm just like, ah, yeah, but my dad's dead, and it's like, well, then you're just kind of being. Uh, not that cool to the person that you're having a conversation yeah. with as well, because what you know what that doesn't do anything other than uh, squash the conversation. Sure. Well, right. social media is weird with that because in real life you can act emotionally and people understand where you're coming from, or you just heard news, or these angry, or I'm comfortable enough to express a angry opinion. And you know when you post that on the internet and you're somebody or somebody of stature or whatever, it comes out totally goofy. But what was it that you said on? Facebook or Twitter, from your recollection, McDonald. I don't know if you deleted it or so. You oh me! Word word, um, but what was what was your take on Chester Bennington's suicide that made everybody so upset? Can I just read the tweet because I don't want to get it wrong? Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm surprised I haven't deleted it yet, to be honest. But um, I generally don't. I make my mistakes in public, so. Uh, okay. I like that. Yeah, me too. It's good. <laughs> it's good to just keep stuff. You know, it's all a part of it. Yeah, it's all a part of who I am, I guess. Um, I can't help but think how selfish and cowardly it is to kill yourself and what a failure we are as a culture that suicide is so common. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, let me say before, I I think this one's really interesting. And so, like I said, I don't have strong feelings at all, uh, but I have logical feelings and observations. And one is... I believe that sentiment used to be really common and really accepted or the norm. And starting somewhere between Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, 
a lot has shifted. So in the just in the last few years, I think a lot has shifted. Maybe even more recently, and maybe pinpointing it to the Chester Bennington suicide. Just think a ton has changed as was as far as it must be something to do with mental health awareness or I don't know what it is. But as soon as you tweeted that and I saw pe- people reacting to it, I was like, something's different now. That's no longer mm-hmm. the predominant view. But it used to that, be. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe the the war veterans of old would consider an honorable death as something to be desirable in some way and maybe have some ethic about how one dies that what might have been more culturally uh, kind of mainstream but I do so I would say my my intent here I mean there was just to really was was venting anger at just you were angry in general tell me about you being I angry was, like you don't know Chester I was like angry you, said, you don't know anybody else that committed suicide really close to you right uh people who weren't deeply close to me. And so what are you angry about? about? It's just somebody you don't know. I think I was in the middle of hustling. I'm I'm with my three kids on the road and just working for my family and kind of like stuffing all of my own needs and desires down. And I just thought like, Oh, like he quit. Like he got out. Hmm. Like he, and then, and then, the damage that that does to loved ones. I mean, there's a delusion, right? That it that they're better off. I, I assume. I can't imagine what goes through people's head, but just in case there is the delusion that people are accepting that life and the world is better off without them, um, I just think that that's false. And so we should say. Like, is there a way to say suicide is a bad choice? Right. Like, it's a it's a bad thing to do. Yeah. And divorce the act from the person. So I was I said it was a selfish and cowardly act, but I'm not. But in some way, I'm victim shaming, or so I don't know. I'm confused <laughs> about the whole thing. Maybe I'm, you could articulate something better for me. Well, I think I could I defend know. your point of view. To be honest, I don't think that I hold it necessarily, but I think I could defend it in saying that. Uh, that it, it may be a slightly even insecure view of just saying, well, I didn't quit. I don't want to quit. I don't want to consider that as an option. So therefore I'll tell myself it's bad. Like, uh, it's not an option. It's not right. an option. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's, and, and so that's both well, a message just, to yourself and everybody else out there. Cause you're not really talking to Chester. You don't know him. You don't care. I mean, uh, to be honest, that's, he's not an important it's true. person I don't, to you. I have so no if, idea. It, if it bothers you, it must be about you and about people that you hope don't kill themselves in the future. I would imagine in which case right. you might want to drill that into society's head reasonably that this is a bad act. And even if you, even if it's hard for you, you should stick it out because it will affect other people. And it's important for you to be here. No matter who you are, even if you think you're a piece of shit, you should be here right. because this is going to really fuck up your kids and everybody else. So don't be right. selfish. Stick it out, no matter how painful it is. So you know, I can right. see that message. I, whether I, and I, I wouldn't even comment on whether that is a positive or a negative message to society, well, but it seems to also, people who have been victimized by it. Also, what made me angry was was now what makes me angry is probably everything because that's my number one emotion. But um, <laughs> but what what when I when I scroll through social media, which will make anybody angry, uh, I see these like sprawling eulogies that are you know beautiful and and memorable, and people are waxing poetic about 
um, just the impact of this life. Um, and there's something that just doesn't, like, I know, like, life is valuable, and however it ends, like, we should remember people, but there's something about that that, like, like because people commit suicide, they're almost elevated to a status, to an honorable status, where it's like people who die a natural death and live their whole life and maybe even struggle with depression and overcome it in some way, or I don't know, um, they, they're not the heroes, you know, like people who, who, who suffer and live are not the heroes. It's the ones who suffer and die in our culture's eyes. Do you see it as quitters um, being by rewarded? Own, by their own hand. Not rewarded, but I just think, the, like, my, 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 this is my 15 seconds before I wrote the tweet. Um, uh, the conversation that we have about suicide, like, it's not working, I don't think. Because, like, I just read a thing today, and it was like, it's up between girl, girls between the ages of 15 and 19, it's at a 40-year high hmm. uh, suicide. And... So like what, and obviously you can't just say there's correlation, but I'm just like, how do we talk about this, especially when we're making these, um, icons and, and shrines online for people. Um, and I don't even know what the cycle, psycho, psychology of it is, but it's, it just seems like it's so sad and tragic, but it's also infused with all this cultural meaning that I would like to say that is no it's painful what this person did is so painful for so many people that i just i don't know how to divorce it from from the meaning thing because i don't yeah. I, I say that that's kind of like senseless suffering that that the act caused and so how do we say the act itself is is not good while you can honor the person's life i don't know if it, it if it's even possible to divorce it but just trying to change the conversation from what seems to be almost honoring and thinking that it's like more artistic and it's more yeah. you know there's something cool about people who commit yeah suicide. that rubs you the wrong way i get that I, I it totally rubs me the wrong that, way yeah. yeah it's interesting to me i guess and and i mean obviously our circumstances are different i like when i saw chester's thing I immediately had a personal connection to that decision, right? And to the kids, the six kids you left behind. And you are take I mean, I, I went and read through a little bit of your conversations with people following that tweet in the couple minutes before we started this. And, um, you know, I mean, I it makes sense to the anger on behalf of the of the family left behind certainly makes sense to me. I mean, the 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 uh, the empathy on behalf of the uh, of, of the of the parent who's got kids who would never want to hurt those kids. Um, all of that, all of that makes sense to me. I think it is, I am, it is interesting what you're saying. And maybe this just is because our circumstances are different, but I like, I never, obviously this conversation is bigger than the Chester Bennington thing, but because we're talking about that, I didn't see that and think, Oh, people are, um, are honoring this, the way that he went out. I mean, I was one of the people who wrote something like the eulogy that you're talking about it, right? In the context of like, man, 
And then as a touring artist who's performed for for coming up on eight years now about so much that is inherently related to depression, to suicide, to anxiety, like to these mental health issues, having conversations with students and kids and like, you know, whatever, whatever age that show up to shows um, and can can relate to and, and sim- sympathize with so much of that stuff. Like that, some of those people are, or working with To Write Love on Her Arms, like I've done, I've done a bunch of stuff with Jamie and, and Chad and those guys over the years. And so my mind immediately goes to, and maybe you're right. I mean, maybe it's, it's just interesting the way that you articulated that as sort of like creating a shrine out of this type of death. I've never seen it that way, thought of it that way, or heard other people articulate exactly what you just communicated. And so if that is a thing that, um, somehow seems, uh, or somehow is portrayed as more noble through whatever the conversation is that we're having in the minds of some people, then for sure. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't, I, I would, I, I mean, all we do it to write love on our arms is try to communicate to people that this is not that like, we're all going to go. This is not the time for you to go. We do need you. You are valuable here. I think that on the other hand, um, where my mind immediately goes is that um, that sentiment is coming from a person who admittedly doesn't even really struggle with depression, let alone uh, has had a, a whole lot of deeply personal experiences with people. So um, I feel like just through experience, however concrete experience can be in a conversation like this, um, if there's 6 billion people in the world, you could have all of them but one trying to convince you that you're worthwhile and still not see it in a mind that isn't healthy enough to be able to see that. And so I, I agree with you that I don't want to see people die by suicide, uh, but also have some sort of compassion. Uh, not that you don't, but my immediate thought is... Um, they literally cannot see any other way out. So logic and reason and relationship and community and family and responsibility, all of it, like it, it's not, it's not, it, nothing comes up against uh, that sort of despair as a valid reason. Uh, or, or maybe, maybe, a re, maybe reason is even the wrong word, uh, but a, um, a convincing enough, like it doesn't stand strong enough up against the the quote unquote truth, mm-hmm. which I would I would say is a lie inside of the mind of somebody who has decided that that's what's going to happen now. Okay, so this I topic think, and, still, and I don't. I'm saying this topic is still delicate, or whatever. But you guys, sure. uh, let's all pretend you have a beer in front of you. We can loosen up here a little bit. Yeah, we're all friends, right? Just totally. Yeah, this is I, this. I'm, no. I hope the tiptoey part of this is over. But uh, l- let me. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> you I, this is, I, I can tell y'all are stiff because you feel like we're speaking on an important topic. But just pretend we're sitting around having a beer. Um, is it? Uh, you're bringing up the thing, Levi, about which is the super big counterpoint to McDonald's initial view, being that 
it's there's no this is not selfish there's no other option for these people they wouldn't do it if they saw any other way out of it their minds are not right they're sick i talked to joey before we started this podcast and he said from his point of view being depressed it's there, there's no there's no you're not right you're not it doesn't matter about logic it doesn't matter what people say it doesn't matter about anything if you get to that point there's nothing mm-hmm. else you could do or would do and then then you hear somebody like mcdonald attacking the person that was sick and that's the way it comes across at least yeah, and I I would just say that the blanket state like you can't I can't make that I I can't make that blanket statement for every single person in the world who commits suicide that their mind is that that, that there's not a way out like I'm not I can't I guess I can't say that in the same way that I don't think that Matt can make a blanket statement mm-hmm. about is, yeah. a, about it constantly being selfish so yeah, like yeah. you know I'm 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 not I'm not going to say I mean I would love to. Bu- I, obviously, if that's the what has in my mind, if that's what you have decided is going to be your end, um, then there was some. There is something that I I am willing to say is not right um, or not uh, um, not. I don't I don't know not something I I don't I, I'm not necessarily saying that means every single person is bipolar or mm-hmm. struggles with the same thing that you know uh, that Joey does or whatever mm-hmm. but the the blanket statements can't really happen I don't think from either side well admittedly yeah, somebody I, like McDonald I, or I have no credibility on the matter given that we never even felt I wouldn't even say I've ever felt what anybody considers to be depressed I, I mean I can't imagine sure. it and so of course it makes no sense to me to not want to live it, ma- it makes no sense so any comment I would have sure. trying to be empathetic to that point of view is a, a useless one however i do think it's reasonable to participate to have feelings about it to react to it and to ca- hope other people that i know and care about that i know do have those things i don't want them to kill themselves nobody does and if i'm putting my logical hat back on here we go it's the you, the craziest thing about it to me is you know if you wanted to go with the null hypothesis why like wh- where do we step in with just saying well so what if you want to kill yourself kill yourself like that's the most why not? Like, sure. wh- wh- where? what is the reason that it's not okay to kill yourself? I know that's silly or obnoxious, and that's not the way I feel, but why not? If a soldier's sure. being tortured and he has a cyanide capsule, he can, he can chomp down. Nobody thinks anything bad about that, right? Hmm. So why, why can't you? Yeah. What's wrong with killing yourself? Um, well, I would say <laughs> that it does damage that is passed down often gener- generation to generation. Um, mm-hmm. It's just socially and psychologically damaging well beyond your lifespan. And there's a ripple effect that hurts um, for generations. And so if you're going to do something like that, that has that ripple effect, um, then it's not just about ending your own life. It's about ending your life at the expense of mm-hmm. pain that ripples out into uh, kids and grandkids, etc., mm-hmm. neighbors. Yeah, and and that's r- logical for you and I to think that. But now let's do it the other way, Levi. Sure. What I mean, tell us about your dad killing himself, and and yeah. So I mean, I guess I would just say, first of all, you know, like we nobody who disagrees. Well, I. I, uh, I disagree with Matt's, uh, thought, um, his, his statement of like suicide, just being a cowardly as a, as a blanket statement, but I don't disagree with anything that he just said. Right. I mean, you know, you can be, I mean, it hurt like my dad killed himself. Tell us a so little bit about that I, circumstance I if you don't mind. Sure. 
Yeah, totally. So my dad, um, for all of his life, struggled with a sort of atypical bipolar depressive disorder. And it, the atypical is important because nobody could really figure out how to fix it. So he was on uh, all kinds of medication for years. His, uh, his depression would come in really weird five-year cycles that would be very, very, very low before shooting very, very, very high. So there were some manic symptoms there. Towards the end of his life, he had all these physical problems as well and meds and all of this stuff that eventually just um, built up into him uh, deciding after years uh, at home and trying to struggle through all of this stuff and trying to work through everything um, that he was going to commit suicide. So, um, th- I mean, that, that is like the, the fastest, least emotional way that I could pro- possibly articulate that. But uh, to, to be completely honest, I mean, it, 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 was, it was devastating. It was horrible. But by the time that it actually happened, it didn't really come as much of a surprise to anyone. Hmm. And as, as, as um, I don't know how this sounds at all, <laughs> but I'm just going to say, it. I mean, for, for a long time, um, going home, trying to take care of my dad, taking the guns out of his house so that that wasn't the way that he was going to go with my mom and sister still at home, all of these things. Like my, my mom and I would have these conversations about like, man, if, you know, if the Lord isn't going to heal him, then I legitimately am going to start praying that the Lord would take him home. Whatever that, whatever you think about that prayer or what, or believe about anything. I mean, to, to be at a place in time where all I'm trying to articulate is that's, that's just, that's like how bad it was. Like nothing was getting better. And the decline was so severe that he was not a functional human being anymore. It was not mm. a functional husband, functional father. He, he was, he was not, and he, and he wasn't, I mean, his life was completely void of anything other than the despair and the pain that he was Misery, experiencing. Yeah. Misery, um, yeah. That's and he used that. He used the word torment constantly. Wow. I mean, to the point where, like, so I grew up in a in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor. I mean, I remember having a conversation with him where he literally told me that the only hope that he had was that maybe in the brief moments between death and hell, there would be a little bit of a reprieve because he oh, held on to this weird, and I, I like denounce and think a false idea um, that, God, that God had abandoned him in his despair, and then that was like a part of everything too. So everything, uh, 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 logically, um, th- in his thoughts, in his life, and uh, spiritually, all of it, just like completely whack. So... To me, I mean, I mean, so then coming back full circle to this conversation now in light of recent events, like I think about that. I'm not saying that their circumstances were similar. I, just like Matt, have absolutely no idea who Chester Bennington is or what his life was like or what he thought about anything. But I just, I mean, there, there, there is a point where my immediate reaction is, is of course sadness for the the ripple effects that something like this has, but also a sort of uh, compassion that I think just probably comes from the experience of having seen my own father in a place where um, it was just like, and th- this is where it gets skewed. But if you know if where it did seem like the only logical option, right? That's what I was going to so say. So then, that- then it does come back in as. An illogical, re- 
some sort of illogical reason in the mind, at least in my experience and of my dad, of what was actually the best. Mm-hmm. And and I would even dare say in his mind, loving decision wow. toward his family. I, I would I, I, I sort of have come to land in this place, at least in my experience of my dad, where uh I felt I, I, I sort of feel like it he viewed it. I'm not saying this is true, but he viewed it as the sort of last ditch effort to love his family well one more wow. time in light of everything that was happening in all of these places. And, uh, and that's, a ter- that's a super painful thing to say. Um, it's a painful reality from your point of it's view. It's a painful yeah. reality for a person yeah. to live inside of as well. It's not sure. a painful false thing. It's like when I say... Right, so, what- so let me, one more thing. Okay. So then that word self, selfish, literally in the mind of my dad transformed to selfless in a sort of way. So like it, it you know, so I just think that's why it's like, man, I just, I value you having this conversation because it's not as easy as just being able to, uh-huh. to, to use 140 characters or a blog sure. on the opposite end of the spectrum that I wrote to, to say everything that there is to be said. Well, you know, I, I talked to somebody, oh, I'm sorry, I saw a post from somebody else, I think, in the Bad Christian Club that was talking about, I believe, their dad killing himself, and he was like, mm. more of like, I totally blame him. I thought, I think that was cowardly, that was, a, and he, he looks at his dad's suicide the opposite way that you do. Mm-hmm. Yours is really interesting to me. You paint the circumstances in such a dire and miserable state that it really does almost sound... And this is crazy. People just don't like thinking this way, but I don't mind indulging the thought, although it's uncomfortable, that it is logical. Like, what I was going to ask you before was, do you think it was even a choice? Because that's the way what people say. say, well, it's not even a choice for somebody in that situation, which is hard to believe it's not a choice. But your sure. point of view almost paints the fact that it was a choice and it was the right choice, like a soldier <laughs> being tortured or somebody end of life or putting a wounded deer out of its misery. I mean, that's dark yeah. but that's that's almost I mean, what if, you're saying if you're saying if you're saying right from the lens of the person in the circumstance sure i i i still would rather i think <laughs> i th- i think i for the sake of for his own for his own sake uh i mean it's ter- like i'm that's the thing it's hard to have you know so some of it isn't sidestepping or walking on eggshells it's just like i it's so difficult to articulate it because you've got to be in a whole nother so for his sake it's like I don't. I don't personally believe that he's suffering anymore, and I'm thankful for mm-hmm. that for his sake. Also, to be completely honest, uh, I mean, if 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 he would have been alive still five six years later and in the exact same place or worse, I mean, it was a nightmare for everyone involved. Yeah. So that doesn't make it okay, but it just uh, lends itself to the reality of a person being in the state of mind that you have to be in to decide that that's, that's the decision that you're going to make or, or I, and I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I have heard multiple people articulate, well, this is not even a choice. Um, I don't know. I see, I see, I think that I could, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know if my dad saw a choice, but I did think he did. I, I did think he thought of the, the natural outcome, you know, of, of where he was at as, still a kind thing 
maybe toward his family. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. to me, it sounds like, like he, he did have a choice, and he made the choice that he thought was the correct and logical choice, which is totally, sure. totally crazy. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but sure. Or well, maybe, and, or and maybe, it's, sure maybe it's all not a choice. Maybe somebody that's in that state is, or at least I'm sure they see it as simply a matter of time. And then, well, I'll be dead anyway, or I'm going to kill myself this week or next week. What does it matter? You know, they, sure. it must be logical to them at least at the time in at least whatever state they're in. And then who's got the claim on what reality? is anyway it gets yeah. super weird super fast and then well yeah and i get into a weird place with that like who's got the claim on what's what and to me that rubs me weird because uh, it rubs me weird and it makes sense to me like uh, it's coming coming at uh, um perceiving life and having a you know a a, a, a you know a christian worldview uh, where people are inherently valuable i mean Going back to Matt talking about like, hey, stay here. Like, you know, Jamie wrote something for AP after Chester's thing, and he was just like, yo, like, I this was horrible, but now I'm talking to you, and I'm begging you to stay here. Mm -hmm. And and so that was that was yeah. So the reason it totally, and it comes back for me. Then my work, my desire, whether it's you know in through them or just in my own, you know, interactions with the people that follow the stuff that I do. Um, is like, look, I, I believe in your inherent value and worth, and I believe that you're here for a reason. I can't convince, you know, like you said back to your, I guess I can't convince anybody to, <laughs> to agree with me, but that's my petition is like, I need you and you need me. I, 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 I've been in places where I don't believe that for personally about myself. I mean, I, I've got, um, I, I don't know how much of it is hereditary or, or, the, or whatever, but I've got my own stuff that, we've talked about here before as well, where I couldn't see any worth, but I know that other people did. And so I and guess I just had to hang on that. I think it did matter. I mean, I think that their, their love mattered. And I think that they gave me the space to, and, uh, and, um, were kind enough with me uh, to to be able to just be like, well, I'm just going to be here while you and keep on telling you that while you keep on thinking that you it's mean not in the true. midst of it, people telling you that, or just you remembering kind things people had said to you in the past, or would it help if you had it written down um, on paper? You checking your wallet when you feel low. I mean, what's the mechanism yeah, by which you would? I mean, access all, all of the all of the above, um, but even in the midst of a lot of uh, darkness, I still try personally and still encourage others to try as much as is possible to remain surrounded by people who can continually remind you of that. But the tendency, from what I understand about mentally ill people and depressed people, is the tendency is to withdraw, of course. That's built into the condition. Correct. And I've certainly experienced that as well. So, uh, again... I certainly don't have or think it's helpful to prescribe some 10 step process for staying healthy when you're, or what. I just don't think it like, I mean, I think that there's practical things that you can do or, and, and all, all kinds of people vouching for you, but I, yeah, that's the same thing. I, simple, I heard you know, some quote about, I don't even know what it is attached to, but this idea of like simple answers um, dilute it. Like the whole thing, like you, I don't know, it's just not as simple as cre- creating a, 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 a way. <laughs> Five steps to avoid suicide: surround yourself mm-hmm. with some people, and then have something in, in your wallet. Like you said, I don't, I don't know, and it's not always that easy. I even, you know, I think, uh, like 
not that long ago, I, I talked to Joey about some anxiety stuff that I had been experiencing on his podcast. And he was talking, I know that this is, but um, I think, and I'm incredibly thankful for this, but since then, in the last few months, somehow by a miracle or I don't know what, I just feel better. And I don't really have any, I don't really even know exactly why that is, but I've, I've thought about it a lot in the midst of this conversation, Chester's thing, all of it, where it's just like, man, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, all of a sudden just something was different, but I know that I didn't feel this way before. I wasn't able to receive things like this from these people before. And so I don't know what to chalk any of that up to when you're able to receive something, when you're able to see hope, when you're not. I just, I'm not exactly sure what sort of <laughs> quote unquote answer to give, you know? Mm-hmm. McDonald, do you have any reaction to that spiel? Not not that y'all are opposed here because I really actually don't see it that I'm way. I'm not. Right? I think we're on the same yeah. team here. Um, team existence I would, I, or what? Team team life. <laughs> yeah. Team, team life is life is a here. gift and and should be lived. And um, yeah, and I, I obviously, you know, in my can can I can I just you know if you want to be purely again logical, I get out of sounding insensitive by doing that, but I mean. Isn't it maybe one of the weird things that, uh, that you, you know, we talk about biases that people have. Uh, certainly everybody that exists has a real strong bias towards existence, right? Well, because non-existence is I mean, the we all feel us. Right. That's what I'm saying. Everybody who exists, which is everybody, thinks you know, it's like it's like a, it's like a, any group. It's like, yeah, but we're Americans. We're the ones that exist. You don't oppose <laughs> existence. You don't oppose America. You know what I mean? It's like built in to the fact that you exist, that you oppose, like, like it doesn't even compute. Like, why couldn't it just, again, it sounds silly, but, but like, I'm not depressed. What, how illogical, I put it this way. Here's a, just a thought experiment for everybody's heads. If I leave this studio from this podcast and I go in to get a mental health evaluation for whatever reason and... Of course, I check out good. I was just talking to you. I was just talking to Reva. Had this podcast. Went home. Had a good day. And then killed myself tonight. What would you... And, and I left a suicide note that said, this is all pretty boring. I'm not sad, but just thought... I didn't feel like... I had a root canal coming up tomorrow, and I thought it was sounded unpleasant, so I'm out. Would you, would you be able to... What would you conclude about that? <laughs> I, I would like say it, it's that not that a valid was a choice, bad, but why not? I would say that's a bad, selfish decision that hurts your family, hurts your loved ones, hurts your business partners. Would that matter I mean, to hurts, me? I would be gone. It hurts thousands and, and thousands of people, mm-hmm. and you should think about the people that you're going to hurt by doing that. But I didn't ask to be here. The, I mean, that, that, I didn't I ask say, to be here. I, I mean, I didn't ask to <laughs> exist, but here I am. So I decided yeah, not to. That's true. You, I assume you would conclude I, I had some it's mental illness that deal. caused that, but you wouldn't allow it to be just, that's just what he wanted to do. It wasn't, it was nothing wrong with him at all. He just thought non-existence no, was because a different it, choice than existence. When it, be, when it becomes to inflicting pain on those existing, it, that's when you step over the moral and ethical line of doing harm to other people. I mean, civilizations are built on, on that principle. But, but I would say this. I know that's absurd, and I don't mean to sound insensitive. But I'm just no, saying that point, maybe that's part of the reason why it gets us so confused to talk about this matter is because we have a pretty profound existence bias. Yeah, it is profound. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, we, 
I would say this too. Your your point. It it makes it it. it I have something to say to your point, which is, I think there is the the there there seems to be this cultural subconscious belief. It's not necessarily stated that um, that depression that depression that the highest degree of depression there is a symptom called suicide, mm-hmm. and that you have low degree of depression and you better watch out because if that degree gets too high, you die at your own hand. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so false. Like, people kill themselves in any array of that range of dep- despair. Um, sometimes people kill themselves in a narcissistic rage to inflict pain yes, on Yes, that's another thing sometimes I Sometimes people discuss. kill we themselves because it. they're angry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily even sad. And, or or they just, they're getting a root canal tomorrow. I don't know if that ever happened. But <laughs> in Matt's so. case... <laughs> in, in Matt's case, it, it, it wasn't a degree of depression that caused the suicide. And so uh, what I was trying to do, which you can't do in 140 characters, and I admit that I um, used bad words and non, not very empathetic to the people who are actually, actually suffering, which I'm sure Chester Bennington was. Um, but, like, to divorce the act of suicide from the pain and suffering and intent of the individual and just say, as a, as a culture, we write these eulogies to everyone who's committed suicide and we kind of almost honor and glorify them. Is there a way to say, but the suicide was a bad choice? Yes, that's interesting. Their death, their life was impactful to us, but the suicide, it wasn't meaningful tragedy. It was meaningless tragedy. It shouldn't have happened. Like, and how can you do that? You can't do it in 140 characters. But how can you, do, like, is it even worthwhile to try to divorce those two things of, like, yeah. suicide being a bad thing to do? Everybody realize the pain that this causes. When you get those thoughts in your head, you have to think about your loved ones. Don't think they'll be better off. That's a lie. That's delusional. It's not true. They're not better off. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. I agree that with you. That was my... Yeah. I agree with you, but... All I was gonna, all well, a but and a question for you. Uh, the the only the only rebuttal is that if you can't see a thing as a lie, you nobody's gonna be able to tell you that it's a lie. Like if if it's if it's a, if that's a, if it's a hundred percent true inside of your head that this is better than I, it's I don't know I that that's just a thought. But then at the same time. Um, I I wonder, and I'm on I'm on uh, you you know you're you're saying that um, we need to have basically like a better conversation about this like societally, and I I, I would like to 100% agree with that. Like I I mean I I do, I, and I wonder if some of the result of the way that people are having the conversation right now is is because it's a it is because it's a fairly new thing that people are willing to say and talk about. I mean, some people you say that and that they've been having the conversation for a lot longer, whether due to the reason due because of because they've had to or or but but on on a grand scale. I mean, I've been thinking about it in like the church, you know, churches that I'll play or like things like that. The way certain like religious communities have handled this conversation or whatever, and it is by and large just utter. Uh, bullshit. What, what's, like, right, right, what are they the doing way, bad? You know, what, what are the bad well, ways to talk about it? Or well, not they use about? they use shame and and punishment 
and that's I guess in a way if I'm calling people if I'm saying it's a selfish act there's the implication that the person is uh, ultimately selfish and then therefore bad in some way and that would be that is victim shaming in a way because it's it is it is mental illness. I, I don't I just I don't really go there on that because it, I I don't think it has anything to do with victim shaming and uh, callous as it may sound, the victim ain't here, so it must be something else that is bothering. And I, I believe what it's bothering is the people who live with people who may kill themselves in the future or people that have hmm. like somebody's come to terms with their mom's suicide and you're telling them your mom was a selfish bitch is what they hear. I'm not saying that's what you said, but that's <laughs> yes, how they will take right. your words. Yeah. Right. But I, I, no, I, I but I think what you're Matt saying, Matt McDonald personally hates well, my mom. That's what they, he that's what they hear. I, I, what I'm saying is, I know. that's what they hear, and so that I, I think's the backlash I to it. I don't think it's the same as fat shaming. I, I really don't think that's what we're talking about here. And that's the thing is, like, I, it's it's very hard to divorce the act of suicide from the from the individual um, who who diluted th- by mental illness made made that mistake so we got two um, other kinds of suicide that we that, that just got mentioned in the last little passage here one of them i i think i think there are some suicides that clearly people would see as selfish so how about the just the revenge suicides or the super over dramatic sympathy suicides where somebody killed themselves to clearly prove a point or to harm to other hurt, people to can, 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 the, can we say that the express intent in mm-hmm. their suicide letter of hurting people yes i was sure. uh like this, there's that one time, uh, this is crazy, but one time I was at the studio in Capitol Hill recording music, uh, and Bridget was six blocks away at the dog park. A, she was at this dog park right over I-5 in Seattle at, on Capitol Hill. A car pulled up there and as a husband and wife in an argument. He gets out of the car, slams the door, jumps over the bridge, kills himself. Bridget watched him go down, splat into the street. He was oh a doctor. Gosh. He was in a fight with his wife, and it was, fuck you, watch this. He pull, he's driving, pulls the car over, jumps off the bridge. God. And she, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not even, I, who knows what his mental state was. I don't know if the same thing would apply, but that's a pretty vindictive thing, probably. And if not that, there's certainly situations where we know people kill themselves in order to hurt a partner or somebody. And, and then there's the ones where people hmm. leave these long notes. They'll, he'll, be, he'll, he'll feel this way, or now that maybe they'll see. or You know, those things strike me like, I don't know, that strikes me different than the person like Levi's dad. Or, or is that me being a jerk? Yeah. I don't know. But that strikes me slightly differently. I don't Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have a, you know, like you said, I, <laughs> I don't have a position. <laughs> I, I know, right? no position that I have. I, I, I certainly also see that differently, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm honest, yeah. my immediate reaction for sure. I mean, I, God, that's. I mean, it can be I remember, a it was, malevolent, malicious, calculated act that. Sure. That. I never did. You guys did either of you watch that show Thirteen Reasons Why? No, I heard a lot about it. But I hadn't watched. Did you it hear yet. the stuff? About, it's it's yeah, like teenagers in school and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it may not. It may not be worth talking about then. I, I haven't. I haven't completely finished it. I just know that to write. You know, like I, I saw a lot. There's a lot about it, and it's and maybe I can. But it's like basically this girl. She's bullied. She's got all this stuff going on, and then she leaves all these tapes behind after her suicide for specific people talking to them about. Uh, you know, like the, the the basically the role that they played in in her inevitable Whoa. death is is kind of kind of what I understand mm-hmm. about it. Um, and there's you know there's again sort of 
you know, some people are like, oh, this is really helpful because it actually represents well what happens and, and, and like circumstances that lead up to this. And then a, a whole nother group of people that are just like, this is absolutely horrible and it's just triggering and all of this stuff. So, but it just, I don't know. It, I thought about that in relation to the, the, the different circumstances mm-hmm. like you're talking about. Um, and then the other one that's know. notable that to the Chester Bennington one, I, I, you know, the pro- profound one for me is the Kurt Cobain one. And that is, uh, mm-hmm. So I'm talking about celebrity suicide here. That's a whole nother category and for a couple of reasons. But the notable thing about that is I've known ever since I was 14 in April of what year was that? 90. 94. Four, when Kurt Cobain killed himself. Yeah. I, I remember everything about it. I was the biggest Nirvana fan in a place there were no Nirvana fans. I would try to find bootleg tapes. Total hero. And I saw him when Teen Spirit came out is when I started liking music. And I'm like, whoa, this is it. This guy's it. And then for years, I followed him as my favorite person who had any and everything that I would ever... I, I already had identified him as the person that did and had everything that I ever would want. That that's what I knew as soon as he was doing what he was doing. I was like, I just want whatever all that stuff is. Then he killed himself. I said, Oh, so I I didn't feel bad or mad or I didn't really even have strong feelings about it emotionally, but I had a profound sense of oh, getting what you want don't mean shit. Yeah, I knew that when totally. I was fourteen, like that unequivocally. That oh. Well, he had everything I could ever want, and he killed himself. Therefore, getting what you want is at least not going to help and might cause Yeah, but if what you it. want is fame... Well, just to be a successful got, musician and... Like, arguably, you know. he got more famous. Yeah. Well, I didn't, it wasn't even fame that I want, but it had musical success, uh, notoriety. People sure. liked what he was doing. He was creating things that were awesome and... That's sure. that to me. That All of the things good. that you want while still being alive, right? Like yeah. you know, he got his, he achieved yeah. his what seemed like his. I know there's more to it than that, but I just, I just sure. realized, oh, so whatever you, you know, it's pretty easy for me to make the connection that once you get all the stuff you think you want, then it must be even more despair to know, oh, still, I, I'm still like now. There's nothing even left to achieve, so it's even easier. Sure. It must be easier to kill yourself. Like if I have all the money, power, fame, uh, success, and if that doesn't make you feel better, you're probably closer to suicide at that point because now you don't even have anything else, to, you know, that you want. Sure. So I think that one's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I. So obviously, my there are there are arguments against suicide as or as a selfish act when it's just blatantly selfish and not tied to, um, because honestly, like we can, you can kill yourself right now. You don't, doesn't require anything. It doesn't require any depression or, or mental illness. I, I mean, you can just I, do it. No, I don't know, but nobody fit. does that though. No. Well, they do. They, <laughs> I mean, they do in, in a, in a fit of emotion, mm-hmm. rage, yep. revenge, mm-hmm. uh, like you just said. And so, I mean, obviously, my comments don't really apply. I think to Chester Bennington, or or they're arguable that they don't because well, there's a degree was, to which this whole conversation is speculative. Yeah, <laughs> of course, we're of course, imposing all of our stuff on these people, or we don't really ever, know. The that's that's yeah. true. You don't. You don't know. Sure. My, yeah. my 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 main thing that I my my main point that I want to make is that depression, uh, suicide is not a symptom of depression. That ultimately, mental illness, the the depression levels of, of mental illness, that, could, that people do do that. I read an article but, that said almost the converse of that, being that the depression is almost a result of 
the an inevitable suicide, which is a pretty interesting way to look at it. So the That's I, inception. Yeah. Well, the idea being this, a person knows that they that they are keyed in to some amount of right or wrong, futility of and meaninglessness and and their lack of importance, false, true or false. But the inevitable knowledge to themselves that it doesn't matter and they're not going to be here <laughs> looks like depression day to day while you are. Oh. Hmm. Well, Which is a freaky another freaky way to look. I mean, at it. it's obviously it's obviously just a really complex topic. I I'm just I'm not I'm just being a natural contrarian looking at how everyone speaks on it in our culture and talks about this and just seeing the rise of it all. I'm just like something like, can we talk about something like a different way? Can we have a conversation about it in a different way? And it's really hard to divorce the act from the person and it's really hard, but it's like, it's a shitty thing that happens. Like it's, it's not like meaningful and tragic. It's shitty and tragic. And, and like, would it be true if it didn't involve other people? Maybe that's on, but maybe that's unhelpful. What if you're single on a desert island? That I say that, but at the same time, the way we're talking about it now doesn't seem to help either. So I don't know. That was just like my (laughs) emotional. This is shitty. Like, sure, how everything's going is shitty. Like, can we just talk about this? I'm trying to read your reaction to it and what makes you because I know you well. I'm just trying to figure out where strong feelings are coming from from you. Would it be the case if you were on a desert island and you knew there was no chance of rescue? You're going to be there another thirty years, and you just it doesn't affect anybody else whether you live or die. Is it only in the context of who you leave behind? In, in your um, case, your kids, I suppose. But well, I have. If it's me now, I have spiritual beliefs that life is sacred mm-hmm. and meaningful to live, even if it's all by yourself. I guess, but but yeah, I mean that's just like a binary. You just have an yeah, intuitive I, feeling that life is good and uh, you know i'm gonna call it the existence it's not bias good but it's but it's worthwhile and it, and it's very bad to hurt people it's very bad to hurt to wound people deeply it's just not a good thing to do um so that's just that's all i wanted to articulate and of course i i end up offending tons of people and you know they're offended for good reason because i'm saying mean things. <laughs> well, I'll give you well, one other reason I, that I think what you say makes a little bit of sense. I, I do think you're right on to the way people respond to a public person, and this is in the realm of celebrity suicide predominantly that I'm speaking here. There's no doubt in my mind, I don't know if there's any doubt in anybody's mind, that prominent people killing themselves, there's no almost no chance that it does not uh, probably increase the amount of other suicides. I think there's almost no chance that demonstrating that, as bad as that may be, it, there are other people who go, oh, well, it was a way out for him. It, it validates the possibility to many people that, I don't know if they were on the fence, I don't know if it even works like that, but there's no way that it deters other suicides. If, if any effect at all, it is one that validates and probably increases suicides. I'm not going to say anything anybody kills themselves as somebody else's fault, but certainly... Especially in teenagers and that kind of thing, like it's glamorized. So, what do you, I mean, we know what you can glamorize things to teenagers, and it at least increases the likelihood of stuff, drugs. Well, I remember it being glamorized for me. Like, I remember, I remember people talking about, like, you know, because I'm a musician and I want to make music and I want to make meaningful music that, that moves people. And, like, you're looking at, like, the 27 rule, like, people. 
they always die before they're 27 and that's some kind of like meaningful thing that like the, the good die young right and uh and that 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 just i think that's just in the subconscious of our culture like Jimi hendrix and mm-hmm. and kurt cobain and etc cetera, etc cetera. that's just in the sub it's in the background running and it's part of this script that i think fuels and I don't know, like, again, I don't know what goes through people's minds, but I, I just think if we could have a different script than that, then that it's meaningful if you die, and it's meaningful if you die young, and that it um, that people will be better off, or people will love you more, or remember you. That may be true, or, however, is what I'm saying. That's kind of creepy, but it may actually be true that... Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix. Now, Jimi Hendrix didn't kill himself, except for, I guess that's a whole other type of suicide, the people who live in a way that is clearly reckless enough to where they obviously don't care if they die or maybe even hope to, so it's an indirect suicide. Uh, I suppose that's a whole other type. But it may be sure. true that they become more legendary and there's a positive thing for them for, in some way. I don't, not positive. I, in a, I mean, it may just be true that they're it's something. We, we need wise old people on this earth more than anything. And <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to get that if if the people who often have something meaningful to bring to the world mm-hmm. are ending their lives early. Yeah, and so I, you know, I just don't like. I mean, I mean that's the thing. Is like people who are mad at me are we we think the same thing. We don't want people. To mm-hmm. end their lives, we want people to live. Sure. When I was at my mom's live. funeral, it was nothing but uh, just so many people saying the best things about her. Unbelievable, and I was like, it was so awesome and so profound. And she lived as long as she could. She did not kill herself, but um, I remember sitting there and thinking, "Wow, that's so cool." You know, that is so cool that she, that 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 happens, that everybody gets to... And if she lived till she was 90 or 100, those people wouldn't have been around. You know, and there's a part of me, when I've been to funerals and stuff like that, that would just go, I wish I could be there for mine. I wish I would got to hear all that stuff about <laughs> me. You know, like it can be... I can see how yeah. it's like... Uh, yeah, I, that's another... That's a wrinkle to it as well. And I think when you see... You, you have to be aware of the power of social media. So... This conversation is changing because of this, because everybody's instinct is to, like you said, eulogize Chester Bennington and say how great he is. That's part of the effect that makes other people go, wow, that's mm-hmm. part of it. And that, maybe it might be wrong to do that. It might be sending the wrong message. I do think that's worth considering, at least. And I think that's part of what you're I think. I, yeah, and I, I mean, just to clarify, and I don't, I don't think that this is what I've done, but I, I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to, uh, you know, in, in the, in presenting another viewpoint or whatever, I'm certainly not trying to say uh, this is a good and valid and alternative option mm-hmm. to uh, suffering through the next however many years of your life that you will live naturally. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think that uh, I, 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 you know, um, I don't see uh, heroism in the decision mm-hmm. that my dad made or that Chester made. Uh, I, I see. Uh, I see suffering and I see pain and I see, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that a lot of people experience and some more than others. And I, I have, I have compassion towards those things and those circumstances specifically. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, I don't, I, you know, at least Matt, like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to hear, uh, this is, you know, uh, this is just a, uh, uh, va- a very valid inevitability, or or whatever. Sure. No, you know, I don't like, think you I don't, sent a message, but yeah, 
It's interesting. I'm just listening to you guys talk about um, musicians, especially, and wanting to create things that are meaningful. Um, did you? Did either one of you read uh, the article that CNN put out following Chester's death? No. What did it say? Well, they were just talking. They were talking about like not romanticizing the right. pain and how that specifically is applicable, or may or maybe is uh, especially applicable to. Musicians and artists point. and people who um, really make their living off of creating things that people can empathize with That's and doing so in and and, and the the reality the uh, the reality being that the majority of us do that not by making um, you know Barney songs but by sure. being pretty bummed out and people getting really into how much they can relate to being pretty bummed out like, at least like Papa you know, Roach so. song you know you know people <laughs> like, that's people come to up inevitably yeah. to Papa Roach yeah. mean, they come up to Emory too well, the lyrics they say touch them are the dark sure. ones where the person's maybe you're right romanticizing negative harmful yeah sad and it was inter- and it's things. interesting so they were talking about the way that that that, that not only um but that that perpetuates um, the artist's need to stay in those places. That's true. Because they want to continue to create stuff that people... And I, I certainly... I mean, man, I you know, I put out this fiction album three years ago. I was like, what the hell is this shit? Like, this is like... Nobody's going to relate to this. Nobody's going to... Like, I just thought I was so stuck for so long being like, man, how do I write another sad record? Or like, Conor O'Burst, uh, you know, like growing up and being like, dude... I mean, to this day, Conor O'Burst is my favorite artist, like, of all time. And it was because, largely, of how much I related to that dude, you know, th- and, and the stuff that he would write. And now, you know, just listening I mean, to Digital Ash and the Digital Earth. It is so good. Yesterday. I love it. Love and it. people are like, oh, do you like his new stuff? It's like, yeah, it's fine. I liked him more when he was on drugs and depressed, but I'm also super glad that he's not doing all of that stuff anymore for his own so sake. So is it helpful or harmful? Yada, yada, yada. Is it possibly therapeutic to relate to it, or does it romanticize it and send people down a path? Uh, well, and that's what I'm, I don't know if I can. I mean, it's, it, there's a, it's both with the possibility of being the uh, one or I don't know, both maybe. I mean, I, I think that there's value for sure uh, in creating. I, I don't know what the, I, I didn't even bring this up because I think that it's like, cause I've got an answer to yeah. it. I just think that it's interesting and work worth thinking about. Cause essentially what, and that, honestly, there's a degree to which CNN, like I got kind of bugged cause sometimes I feel like, okay, Maybe before we start creating a prescription for something, we should just like sit in this for a minute. And it seemed a little quick and rash to me. But the more I thought about it, it's like basically what they were saying is we need to figure out a better way of relating as artists and as fans. And 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 then therefore to the fans, um, like it's – I don't know how you help what you like and what you don't like, but there is a degree of understanding that comes from realizing that – if people are only stoked on your older stuff, then you're going to want to keep on creating your older stuff, even though you're past all of your older stuff. And you end up creating all of these things. And I, I don't know. I just think it was an interesting point that was made, one that I could Art relate is, to. Art is Hard by Cursive would be a good song to, to sure. pick that. Totally. <laughs> totally. Just recreate your misery. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that idea, too, because I do tend to self-destruct some when making and writing a record 
um, and not in the clinical depression way, although I do become a recluse in some sense, but just like unhealthy with my body, eating, drinking too yeah. much, you know. And, uh, and there is something to be said about the result of that I'm proud of somehow. I'm proud of <laughs> the art that came out of that. But it's like, as I get older, it's like, what, can we get better as we get older and wiser and more well-balanced? Or do you need that chaotic mind to produce good things? And I, I, I struggle with that a lot. Sure. Um, but I understand why people latch on to the, the chaos because we all feel it in some way. We're all sad underneath the sure. happy. And, and uh, I'm not, and you can't force what you're going to make. I mean, you can't. You can't just decide, oh, this isn't the way, this is what I'm going to write about, this isn't what I feel, or like I'm going to write about something other than what I feel. So, I mean, to Matt's question about empathy versus, you know, per- perpetually like encouraging this uh, thing, like I, I don't, how, I don't know how you, I don't know where, what, I don't know where the good part becomes the bad part or at what point, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But Yeah, I think the broad stroking it is not not the way to go and as much as I did that I you know I apologize for anyone who was offended who might be watching this right now because I don't I never think that's the way to go it's just you know in in the heat of the moment just being like an idiot um sure. on Twitter you know I said that and I, I think I tweeted something afterwards it was like that's not what I meant to do but then of course people were like well you don't seem that apologetic so <laughs> well I think I'm you're sorry. getting at some reasonable things and it's not right for anybody to tell you, you can't have your POV and that's not the way you felt and that, or you should keep it to yourself I, I don't buy that I can appreciate True. that there's you, you at least represent many many people who feel that way at the bare sure. minimum you at least represent what what X percentage of the population feels well I honestly love that you didn't delete it yeah even though we're in disagreement because I mean, people just try to present the best part of themselves everywhere, and yeah. then if something's reacted to poorly, then they take it down. It's not there anymore. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, this is a good that. Hopefully, you feel as well. Like this is a good conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's been enlightening for me. Like I, you know, this is all I ever want to have. It's impossible to have on Facebook or Twitter. Um, yeah, because it's just so just words on a page that you can read in any tone and and like. You know, just to be able to preface that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just have these feelings and I need to express them. And sure. I'm sorry. Some of them were expressed in anger. Um, and I do lack empathy. I know I do because I lack experience. Um, I have family members that struggle with mental illness and that's the only experience I have. And I want them to stay here. I want them to be here and be yes. healthy. Amen. And yeah. So that kind of triggers some of that for me maybe. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And I think the other thing you said that I was thinking about, not unrelated to this issue, but actually relates to this issue, is about we need old, wise people. I was pontificating, if that's a good word to use, uh, just two nights ago about how we don't have any old people on social media, and that may be a problem. It might be a problem, and it's a technological barrier that people that are super blue-collar or old, those two groups are they're not really present here in most of the media we consume. They're just not. And that might be a problem. That might be a little out of balance. So not only are they not present in social media, but you know, you seem to value old wise people who are no longer in this teenage angst. They, like th- that's a pretty, yeah. pretty healthy thing. Maybe a, a, an old wise yeah, totally. Kurt Cobain would be a very useful thing. 
And maybe mm-hmm. maybe when right. we get another generation of people who are 30 now, when they're 60 and still plugged in to the internet, which they will be, the last generation sure. is not, but the next generation will be. So maybe we could use a lot of count, counterbalance. Once Hopefully we can get some 60, 70, 80-year-olds who are participating on Facebook. Right now, all they do is share really go- sure. goofy stuff that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <That's>, but <laughs> I follow I, I follow Richard Rohr on Twitter. Yeah, somebody, that's what I'm yeah. saying, but there's not many people that are like that. All we have, the only old people He's we have Albuquerque, is like... Albuquerque, man. Yeah. <laughs> we just Come have, stay with me. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see, but we're, we're kind of clearly out of balance with a lot of things. But, yeah, you know, I would like to see old people have a little bit more man, voice. Man, I agree. And I called here. my grandma... The other day to ask her questions about her dad, and she just talked to me for like 45 minutes about their life Good growing stuff, up, and I, I just thought, "Good lord, there's just such a wealth of stuff that nobody pay like I'd never pay any attention to or care about unless you got to mm-hmm. be really intentional about doing it with these people who have such." <laughs> valid, good, wise, helpful things to say, and then you exist inside of a bubble full of yes men on your social media platform where you don't get any of that yeah. stuff or, you know, whatever. So or at least that's, that's aggressive 30-year-olds. Is, that's who you hear yes. from the most. You know, people that sure. ha- know enough to be uh, contemplative and argumentative and smart enough to be journalists and good at social media. Those are the people you hear the most from. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's to pontificate. Not rep- yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, guys like me. Yeah, yeah. We're the guys problem. like us. Yeah. Guys like the three of us right. who are going to yeah, post this podcast right. and tell everybody helping. else how, Maybe not. How, how much they should listen to it. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for discussing this <laughs> no, for a little good. bit today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Matt. thanks. And there we go, Levi and Matt McDonald. Thank you guys for coming on the show. That was uh, it was good. I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, nice work, Matt. Awesome. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to attribute responsibility for that conversation that Matt just had that was pretty awesome to these BC clubbers who have joined recently by going to thebcclub.com. Pretty cool community. Some people, you know what? They want to support us because they like what we do and they kind of mind to their own business and, you know, just give stuff and they get some free stuff here and there. But then other people, they really take advantage of a Facebook page where folks meet each other. They make other Facebook pages like BC LGBTQ, BC Locker Room for men to say filthy-ass shit all day. (laughs) You have BC Women, BC Bible Study. So these folks, we really do appreciate you. That's Christina, Sarita, Russell, Jeninga, Enrique, Narinjo, Giordan, Duro, Justin, (laughs) which I guess is Justin, Walgamuth, Sonia Kellogg Weeks and Ryan David Gerard. Man, those are some hard names to say. Yeah, we don't today. we hardly wow. ever get a George Smith join the club. I know. Good <laughs> Lord. Enrique Narajo. That's pretty cool though. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.